0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Katya Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In the 1940s, America was under a constant threat from polio, a disease that had a then unknown cause and devastating effects, especially in children. It spread quickly through unclean water and unwashed hands, leading to symptoms like nausea, fatigue, fever, and a stiffening of the body. Summers especially saw surges in infections, particularly around swimming holes, leading to post-polio paralysis and, in some cases, death. On average, 35,000 people were disabled each year, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt was among the most notable people to get the condition, putting a face to a still uncertain disease. A vaccine was desperately needed as scientists learned about the transmission process, including the fact that anyone could be a carrier. In the next few years, rival scientists Jonas Salk and Albert Sabin worked with teams in their labs on two completely different vaccines— Sabin worked on an oral vaccine while Salk created an injectable vaccine using a killed version of polio. In the book Polio, an American Story, David M. Oshinsky writes about the urgency of Salk's work during the time. Quote, For Salk, there was reason to hurry. The year 1952 was the worst polio year on record, with more than 57,000 cases nationwide. The headlines screamed of plague season and polio time. 21,000 victims suffered permanent paralysis, and about 3,000 died. From the very beginning of the polio epidemic, monkeys were considered to be essential for research before human trials could take place, becoming the unsung heroes of the fight to defeat the disease. It was through animal research that scientists first discovered that there were three strains of the deadly disease— The monkeys were purchased at a high cost from India and the Philippines and shipped to the United States. Many died in transit, so the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis, now known as the March of Dimes, began overseeing their import. In 1949, a foundation established a special facility known as Okatee Farms in rural South Carolina to process the monkeys arriving from abroad. Pocatee Farms operated in the Pickney Colony area of Beaufort County in coastal South Carolina. Originally called the Pritchardville Primate Center, the 40-acre or 16-hectare tract of land along the river was called by local newspapers the Ellis Island for thousands of monkeys from India. Naturalist John Hamlet had the job of finding a space for the Primate Center that was both connected to deep water ports and airports, but also remote enough from neighbors. The area he chose closely approximated the natural habitats of the monkeys, with its abundance of shady longleaf pines and a mild climate. The monkeys were originally brought into Savannah, Georgia, one of the region's biggest ports, and taken by truck the 30-odd miles or 50-some kilometers to the farm. When air travel became more popular, they were flown via London and New York before traveling by train to the Lowcountry. Once they arrived at the farm, veterinarians treated the 2,000 or so rhesus and cynomolgus monkeys before clearing them for transport to research facilities around the country. The monkeys spent 21 days getting acclimated and eating a special diet with scientists carefully monitoring their status. Many went to Selk's facility in Pittsburgh and Sabin's in Ann Arbor, where they were given vaccines to test the vaccine's strength against the three strains of poliovirus. A few locals were aware of the research that was going on at the farm, despite rumors of people encountering the animals. We were unable to discover any opposition to the research facility, perhaps because it was not well known, and also because opposition to using animals in testing was not very common at the time. In the United States, the movement against animal testing didn't pick up steam until around 1980. In any case, the farm's purpose wasn't permanent. Once Salk's polio vaccine was deemed a success and released to the public in 1955, the work of Okatee Farms was no longer necessary, and the facility closed in 1959. A Sabin's oral vaccine came into use in 1961. The foundation that had established the facility turned its attention to reducing premature births. The monkeys found new homes and labs across the country. According to a former employee named Louise Crawford, Things at the farm were left just as they were, including the monkey cages. A caretaker kept the grass and plant life at bay. The lab was locked up, ready for someone new to take on the important task of preparing monkeys for research. But that day never came. In 1980, the land and its contents were sold to a development group. The lab equipment was donated to a local school science department, while a farmer claimed the former monkey cages for his own animals. Today, the acreage along the Okatee River is mostly residential and privately owned. Thanks to Salk's and Sabin's vaccines, polio cases have plummeted from 350,000 in 1988 to just 22 in 2017. Animal testing is still considered objectionable in many settings, such as the cosmetics industry, but it is an important final step in some medical testing before treatment is attempted with human patients. Hopefully, in the future, Medical technologies like lab-grown organs and advanced computing will allow scientists to avoid the practice altogether, but for now, it saves countless lives. Today's episode was written by Caroline Eubanks and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit Brain BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.